Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the sounds of MC Supple and DJ Lean. Broadcasting live from the slag heap. We about to get our geek on and sing a funky little song. Check it. We're rolling deep in the slag heap and we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about. Huh. To wax about. We ain't got time to sleep, but on the cheap. Keep it straight, cause we know what we're talking about. It ain't for cloud. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to episode five of Supple and Lean, a geek cast. Uh, my name's Emma. I'm talking to you from London in the UK. We will very, very shortly be joined by uh, the show's uh, co-founder and co-host, uh, Vahe, talking to us from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, you're listening, as we said, to Supple and Lean. It's a collaborative project between Forever in Electric Dreams and Confessions of a Curly Mind. Uh, this episode sees the third and I think final there's a chance there's more but I think this will be the final uh, of our trilogy of episodes celebrating the mammoth uh, work of uh, art that was Axe Assassin Albertson from the Bad Lip Reading um, uh, Mastermind Um, it's um, an incredible uh, kind of insight into a potential apocalyptic uh, world in which uh, humans have subsequently uh, become extinct and uh, we are introduced to a lonely AI trying to piece together where things went wrong where did we go and uh, what's happened to humanity um, it's uh, it's just, just been such a, an incredible uh, joy to kind of do these three episodes with Vahe amazing insight um, I'll give you links as always to where you can find the entire um, bad lip reading uh, series uh, or five parts of the Axe Assassin Albertson um, uh, saga. Uh, very, very quick to get through. The, each of the five videos are about five-ish minutes uh, each. Um, some brilliant, brilliant pieces of comedy, amazing insight, great music, and um, yes, yeah, these are awesome. So we'll put links again. They're obviously best to um, to watch and absorb and listen to first before checking out these episodes. Um, but if you're on episode, if you've, if you've rocked with us in the past few episodes, then um, I imagine you've heard it. Um, we have some nice banter you're hearing <laughs> in our opening few moments of the conversation um but we also in the second half of this conversation really excited about it because it's a conversation i wanted to have for a while and it's a conversation i wanted to have with vahe for a while but we kind of go full ai and we have a really extended conversation about ai and it's permeating uh it's increasing prominence i think in our individual uh lives and society around us but also within arts and uh creativity um uh, creatively how how it kind of impacts what we consume and how much are we comfortable with it being a part into the uh, the kind of the art that we consume um i think it's uh, you know it's burgeoning presence is sort of inevitable and um it will you know continue to have prominence as it as it currently does so 
it's a really great conversation and i'm thrilled again for vahe and his uh his time we get some a little bit more access and analysis um uh, in the episode as well, uh, just before that. So uh, yes, it's a nice follow-on from episode from our from our second part, so episode four, um, but which was that was part two of the Axe Assassin um, uh, discussion. So uh, enjoy, immerse yourself further. A massive thanks again to Vahe for kind of inspiring this entire trio of uh, episodes and also for the original music that we get to host from him in for each episode so uh this is uh, with part three um this is called cascades lament um and we've just got oh geez an amazing song we're about to press play on right now uh this is vahe kind of performing uh, uh through the eyes of cascade um and uh it's beautifully put together and i think a wonderful summation of uh just the three episodes that we've done so uh, once again tremendous thanks to him um very excited about future episodes of supplement lean we're going to be delving into marvel uh phases four and five in, into a few extended conversations we've got more turtle stuff coming up as well uh so yes we've got lots more to keep you gripped um so yes so look forward to your continuing company uh, in the meantime uh vahe with cascades lament Come 
was actually going to start with hello hello and i'm like no yeah. i started the last episode with hello. yes you did yeah yeah <laughs> you immediately went there instead i i, I did yeah it, it's become a bit of a staple i think one of us has to say it and you 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 avoided it so i thought that it's mine to to take <laughs> <laughs> no, it's How are better you, man? when it's better when we're saying it both at the same time, but slightly yes. off time. Yeah, at the same yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. yeah like go, go it, say it, go. You start. You start saying it. I'll try and I'll try and jump in. Hello, 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 hello. Wait, wait, keep going, keep going. Hello, 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 hello. That's like the extent of the communication. And then by and then, the time yeah, you're done, hello, hello, there's nothing else to talk about. You, yeah, okay. so it's, it's good catching up, mate. All right, then. Bye bye. Yeah. See you same time next up. week. <laughs> bye 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 it's bye like, bye. <laughs> it's like some kind of like um, therapy group where by doing that, it's kind of like like a drum circle, you know, like you're just kind of repeating the same patterns to each right. other for like half yes. an hour. And That's it kind of fair. like zens you out. You know, so it's like a the allo 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 therapy, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then accompany that with like binging nine seasons of allo allo the TV show. <laughs> Did you ever watch that shit as a kid? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. I'm super young. <laughs> I just I remember very little. It's funny you mention it because I I guess sometimes I always wonder about what translates over. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't mm. you can't just assume every show goes everywhere you know so like um but yeah i i, I wouldn't yeah was, was that was something huge. they played over there it was wow, huge really? yeah dude just consider anything that that's significant there is pretty translatable here like it's not a big right. leap from like uk to oz really um hmm. but yeah that shit was on all the time uh wow. hello it was just on like constant repeat uh daytime repeats um growing up so that was a staple as well for oh. us and if you go back and watch the compilations of um you know like the 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 french postman he's he's undercover though so yes. he's like good morning yeah yeah good morning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just fucking like he was something very boradish about him too like he looked very sasha baron cohen he does uh, like, doesn't he yeah you actually look at him he's got the same sort of sort of presentation and the way he does it it's kind of similar but he's like hilarious um just on his own but great show i got all i got all nine seasons in the in wow the were there of, really nine seasons yeah i think some kind of like movie maybe like a tv special i don't know but there was oh, at wow. least nine yeah pretty sure i do remember that my favorite recurring gag. Oh, i say my favorite recurring gag all i really remember is the policeman and uh, what was the the, the the lead, his name, uh, the lead, the restaurant or cafe owner, but every time he was yeah. having his obscene amount of multiple infidelities, yeah, which is, how is affair. this man doing it? Yeah, with the most beautiful <laughs> women in the show. And it's just every time he's absolutely nailed and caught red hand, he's like, you stupid woman. I'm French. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that was I completely forgot we are all French <laughs> this is what we do <laughs> yeah or well, his lavish excuses of you you know this country see she is choking oh no oh no yeah. <laughs> all that played by Englishmen I'm pretty sure they're all English yeah. actors wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh, but, oh, amazing good stuff yeah. good, good stuff Nine seasons I had no idea yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I know because there was a period where I just um I had cable internet from like from two thousand to two thousand and four. They first introduced optical fiber cable internet uh, in Australia. Mm. It was like we were paying like fifty bucks a month, and it was uncapped speeds, uh, uncapped download and upload. Uh, everything was unlimited. Right. And I lit- I literally downloaded the entire internet. In, in the space of four years because the speeds were <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like, they're still the fastest internet speeds I've ever had. Wow. Like, everything's gone backwards in this fucking country. They've got us on something called NBN. I'm not even sure if you're familiar with that. No, no. Yeah, right? It's it's the worst. So right. my speeds are, like, worse now than they were, like, 20 years ago. Um, right. But back then, yeah, I just, like, looked up every show er- – sort of rattled my brain and thought like what are the sh- what's the things that i watched growing up as well that'll be nice mm. to see again and lolo uh popped up on the list and so i just downloaded everything now nine right, seasons yeah. of that um there was another show i don't know if, if it was big in the uk i think it was but it was called mind your language does that ring a bell at all uh maybe in a time i'm just gonna look it up as you say i so, I've, it's not one i was familiar with at the moment no it's like a collection of like different people from different um backgrounds different races and different cultures mm. and they're all going to this night school um and the teacher's an english teacher and okay. is it in, from like, the 70s maybe 70s or 80s wow. uh possibly but yeah i think that was a uk production yeah well, i've got they've got something here from 77 my gosh and it went it ran till 86 it's a big yeah. sitcom so that wow. was pretty huge here uh the show monkey um which was also i think from the 80s was the japanese telling yes. of the of the uh, monkey story um, yeah monkey goes monkey goes west or so i think that's the original title right um but that was a just a huge cultural fucking like everyone knew about Monkey here, and it was actually incorrectly titled Monkey Magic, right? Yes. That's 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 we grew up thinking it was called Monkey Magic. Oh, we love right. Monkey Magic, the show Monkey. It was just called Monkey. <laughs> I got all I got the whole series of that as well, and um, that was a cultural staple uh, here growing up in the nineties. Right, that was constantly repeated. Um, and yeah, that's still like I think I I wrote a rap song. No, I, I was rapping to one of my beats, just trying to just freestyle and come up with some some sort of sort of demos and stuff. And even like last late last year, I was inputting monkey magic references. Um, wow! In my, <laughs> in my fucking rhymes, <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I remember that, monkey magic. I don't. I remember like it being Pixie. on, and I remember Sandy. loving it. I don't remember anything. I don't yeah. have any memory of it at all. You remember like, the other characters oh, like Pigsy, Sandy, uh, no. Trippy Taka? I really should do a YouTube exploration <laughs> through it. I just, I remember it and I remember like loving it and it, everyone at school going crazy about it. But yeah. I, and as the of, theme yeah. song is epic, is epic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you should look up the theme song. I think it's by a band called Godaigo and it's just called, um, I think it's just called, it's the song itself is called Monkey Magic because that's where the term It was, from. right. I was going like, to say, it did have magic in the title, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, because so it tells the whole story. It's like, mm. born on an egg on a mountaintop, the punkiest monkey that ever popped. He knew all the magic tricks under the sun. 
to please the gods and everyone and have some fun. Do, 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 do. Monkey magic. Monkey magic. And it's funky 70s like. You know what I mean? Like the song is like you got to. Yeah, you got to fucking just listen to the song, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I highly recommend well, that it. was awesome. I can't remember how much you remember of it. That's amazing. No, I, I've listened to the song like an insane amount of times. Like it's been in my my rotational playlists for like mm. just going out, you know, in the car on headphones, or whatever. It's, it's never far away. <laughs> I think God, I go. It's just an epic track because the whole intro part is like, it's like a minute and a half to two minutes of just sound effects, mm. which are the same sounds used in the opening two episodes where monkey is um, thrown out of heaven for being, right. for, being for being a dick. And then he gets trapped in like a mountain for like thousands of years. <laughs> and he's just in a mountain, and then the the earth is forming, things are happening, and then all these weird sound effects are happening. So it's it's part of the intro, um, part right. of the theme. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop. I'll stop yapping on. How did we get well, here? Well, 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 no. This is this is. Well, these are the joy of our of Actually, our interactions. I think this could tie in because this is how. Look, we we remember stuff from childhood that's kind of somehow for some reason important, like mm-hmm. a fucking show called Monkey. Um. And it's like, are we remembering things correctly? How right. far removed are we from a cascade who's incorrectly remembering things? Yeah. Um, I think that same shit happens to us. We don't, we actually statistically don't actually remember things 100% as they, as they happened. When we retell stories from our life, mm. uh, childhood memories that we, we know we've fashioned into a, a linear story so we can tell it. Yeah. It's like, we we know deep down there's like a whole bunch we're missing um from those memories um and how it's interesting we have art forms to have um sort of signposts as well to help us remember mm. um certain uh time times in our lives or certain feelings that we would have had um and i like the way that cascade remembers like a human in that sense it's not yes, perfect. Yeah. It's ninety eight point three three percent accurate, but it's like <laughs> it's it's not perfect. But um, I think um, yeah. Before we get into it all, like the way I want to frame, I guess the rest of what we do with Access Assassin today um, is uh, contextualizing um, the the timeline. Actually, just lining out the timeline. I've actually mm-hmm. sussed that out a bit in terms of where everything's taking place. Um, and then, yeah, getting into the discussion about memory and, and AI and Cascade specifically. Mm. Um, I've, I've got a few other things I wanted to touch on uh, yeah. when I rewatched. <laughs> I rewatched like you, like earlier tonight, like this evening, I rewatched the segments, the segment videos, and I somehow picked up on like a bunch of other things. Um, I'd want to, yeah, just maybe get that across to you and then uh, get you to maybe give me your fucking summary on <laughs> this whole Axe Assassin experience I've forcibly thrust at you. <laughs> like, and that's a great way of putting it. Like, uh, not thrust, but I mean the uh, experience. Because... No, 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 no. Thrust. <laughs> Only thrust. <laughs> it is only thrust. Okay. I, I think, I, yeah, I really implied. Yeah, actually, let's talk about your aggressive approach to to this project. No, no, I meant in terms of the experience of it because when I watched the whole thing again, I remember watching that for the first few times, and 
laughing, finding the joy in what I perceived to be humor.、Mm. And even watching it now, there are absolutely key moments of just. Blissful comedy、um, yeah. that are just hilarious interpretations, and they're clearly designed to be funny. But it's it's something like you're you're watching. It, it's just evolved, I think, from all your amazing analysis and all the discussions that we've had. I don't watch it with that level of enjoyment now. I watch it like a detective trying to piece together <laughs> parts yeah, of、dude. of of,、uh, of a civilization that's long gone, and it's. Actually, incredibly sad because you're trying to piece together something that you know where it ends with、mm. the the demise of all existence, seemingly,、um, and you're kind of trying to piece at what point things went bad and you know all this stuff that kind of happened, and it becomes incredibly sad to be honest.、Mm. I think when you watch certain bits, and I think we talked about the George Washington at the end of episode four, and. Yeah, you know this guy singing to me, which was the funniest thing in the world. But now it's, and we talked about this in the last episode. But yeah, you just、pain. see the pain in it. Yeah, you just see the pain in it, and it's just, it's just, yeah, it's an incredible experience. That how I can go from for me to watch something and just go ha ha ha.、Um, but here's here's my initial question: Have、mm. we gone too far down the rabbit hole? Like, <laughs> I think the first episode,、uh, in a great way, that is a positive question. But like the first episode, I think. I remember saying,、uh, "We're looking at Cascade getting this absolutely wrong."、Mm. You know, this Cascade is incorrectly piecing together parts of a past, blah blah blah, right? And saying this、mm. is not what Hamilton's about.、Uh, you know, my perception of this is Cascade is looking at what is in a, in essence a work of fiction in Hamilton,、mm. and saying, "Oh, I'm not aware of a work of fiction, so this is." Actual documented footage. I'm going to watch this, try and piece it together, and find out what happened. They've、mm. not only interpreted a work of fiction as facts, but they've incorrectly pieced it together and thought, "Oh, this is what's happened." And I thought that's where the comedy was. But、mm. from the second episode and what the conversations we had, it's almost like, well, no, scratch that perception of it. We're looking at, in essence, to. You know, stick with a multiverse theme. We're looking at a completely different universe where this isn't a work of fiction. This is fact, and Cascade has correctly pieced together all this information, which paints the picture that you gloriously painted in our last episode. As these are the series of events, as best that can be pieced together, that、mm. have contributed to our. Subsequent downfall at the end of existence, you know, from what we perceive, I think, as an alien invasion and how they've infiltrated us through、uh, birth and and you know implantation in that capacity. So it's kind of like going into this episode. I'm kind of like,、oh, what one are we? What one is it? You know, it's like, have we lost the joy from the first one, or, or does that make any sense? I was long and rambling, but no, where do you、it's... kind of sit in the perception of what we're actually watching? You actually,、um, this was going to be my first point. I think that I brought up、oh, awesome. um, was the fact that I think rewatching it again after having those conversations, I did watch it almost like like a complete stranger. Like I was watching it almost、yeah. like for the first time, even though I've seen it like a bunch. And that's a hell of a good sign for me when it comes to things that give me that that feeling.、Um, it was, it was. Not until tonight's rewatch that I kind of realized. Well, at least my take is that Cascade knows that he's not conjuring up the original audio, 
to me, he's actually he's like it, it's not it's not an, a priority because to him the priority is telling the story of man and from um, I guess beginning to end, um, at least beginning of conflict to end of the world, like at least capturing that story. And it doesn't matter if it's through Hamilton or any other piece of media that it conjures up. Like in my mind now, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be that it could Mm. be fucking will and grace. You know what Mm. I mean? Like uh, it's going to tell this exact same story because it's actually telling the actual story um, of how we fell and, and who's responsible. And if potentially there's any clues in all of that and what can be done in, in a time machine aspect. Um, you know, there's lots of little red herrings and stuff as well. Mm. Um, uh, lots of cool little nuggets that can be exploited um, to tell the story. But yeah, I feel like regardless of it's Hamilton or anything else, Cascade's tasked with preserving that story and ultimately preserving humanity, perhaps at the cost of, you know, the actual audio. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even then, like, I don't know. Because when I say this, I'm thinking like, is he just consciously, you know, just not recalling that audio? Perhaps he does have the power to do that, Hmm. but he's prioritizing telling the story story, instead of just Hamilton. Um, Yeah, that's kind of... That's, see, what's brilliant about that answer is that you've, you've, you've given it for the third episode that we've done it. You've now changed the perception for a third time. Yeah, exactly. Do you know? And that isn't that that's, if that isn't what good art is supposed to do, do you know what you're right? Like, yeah, dude. like that's, it just that's amazing. Giving. It keeps yeah. giving. And did you notice when you watched the segments, how like the viewer count just drops dramatically with <laughs> right. each with yeah. subsequent video? The first one's still at 550. That's still the highest one. And when you get to two, three, four and five, it's like, hundred something thousand mm. views it's amazing yeah since 12 months ago 13 months ago why do you reckon that is though i mean like hamilton in of itself is huge that the the brand mm. of blr itself is huge why why wasn't yeah. this initial do you think people just watched the first one and just didn't think it was that entertaining i don't so know. It didn't continue but i mean there has to be some logic to it because i'm looking at like so I've got the screen in front of me from the fifth one, which is just, you know, it's mm. frozen at the end. But so it's uploaded. Yeah, I mean, this makes your point. So you've got uh, segment five or five has 262,000 views uploaded right. one year ago. And right beside it on my next to watch list is the BLR, the House of Representatives uh, from six months ago at 1.8 million views. Which is actually still pretty low for him. Um, oh well, he'd usually hit um, bigger numbers than that too. But yeah, that's you can see a big difference there as well. Yeah, Absolutely. that is bizarre, isn't it? Like, I'm interested to know. I wonder if it's something he thinks about or or wonders. Yeah, anyway, because but... it's because the few people who've uh, at least I guess the there's an interview that I probably should have dug into in preparation for this to finish off. But he did give a, a pretty good interview about this project specifically, and it's a passion project. So perhaps it's just not appealing to like the wider uh, fan base that he's got. Uh, it's mm. not broad enough. It's very specific <laughs> and it's very like involved and dense. Um, and I think it's grabbing a certain subset of his fan base who are like, like-minded. Like I feel very akin to the way he thinks. Um, 
and the way he presents the story. Because uh, I would, if I had his resources and talents, I would do the exact same fucking thing. Because it's like mm. I would love to be responsible for something like this, this project or this album. Uh, it's really fucking quite the achievement. Um, and and as we're seeing, it's like reveals more of itself the more we dig into it, mm. um, which is the best art. That's kind of like I'm adding this to my list of influences because it's exactly the the same track I've been on for like the last six, seven years with the Dark Southern. It's all about mm. that and trying to reach that those heights um, where the ongoing story you're telling is going to keep telling itself uh, because you've laid such strong foundations. Um, you've put in a monumental amount of work to make it all make sense and come together. Um so yeah, thank you fucking yeah. thank you BLR in general for actually releasing it. Um, even though the views aren't there, we fucking I appreciate the shit out of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of ruled my life. Um it's, recently, actually. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, from yeah. a creative perspective, I mean, I've always my natural assumption for BLR stuff is that he picks a a project, a scene, an interview, whatever it is he's tackling, and then he makes whatever naturally fit around that happen you know it look it looks like they've said this or i can morph it into this and then you know he it starts with the visual but i suppose with this one it's like how how would you have even started it like if you have the story how do you then find the footage to justify or to help bring out the story that you had in your head or mm. did you start with the visuals and then just try and piece together things that you were kind of creating as you went. What, what was, mm. how would he even gone? What was first, you know, but how would you even, it had to be visuals first, I guess. And then he managed to, I don't, I have absolutely no idea. Like, if I actually, cause the, around about the same time that BLR uh, came out um, and I've mentioned these guys before, but there's another group out of Canada who are a band, but also do, these type of badly breedings, but they do all off the cuff shit. So right. everything they're doing is all on the spot. It's not sort of workshopped or anything. Um, and they're, they're, they're called day job orchestra. Right. Um, so they're, they're like the rawest version of a BLR and even them doing just the most random shit, whatever fits the lip movements and they're doing it all spontaneously. It does start to form its own story as well. Um, it's got it, it's got its own ongoing running Star Trek TNG dub universe uh, mm. under the banner of Day Job Orchestra. They're they're famous for that chiefly because the voices are on point, and there's ongoing running gags <laughs> and callbacks. So they've built like their own universe, um, even without even trying, because the same words was were popping up over and over uh, for some reason. So when they do these random BLRs. Um, spontaneous ones uh, improvisational ones the mm. the term apple juice kept getting used like a, like over and over for some reason right. and so that's been synonymous with their brand now so apple juice is always mentioned uh, it always pops up um, and then you've got like you know the BLR version which is I reckon he would have started the same way the way that day job orchestra do it just the raw off the cuff, whatever you can think fits in the moment as you're right. seeing it. And then he'll whittle that down into um, 
something he wants to use. He would have gone into this with a prefabbed plan. Like he would have Batman this, you know, he would have had prep time and be like, you know what? I'm going to tell a story. He's probably would have started there just broad. I'm going to tell a connective story. Um, perhaps he'll, he would have pre-picked the genre as dystopian sci-fi, um, you know, just a few sort of markers to give him a good idea of where to start and what, what sort of sandbox he's playing in right. and then get the footage and then perhaps freestyle it to see if anything came up out of that because um, he's already built the world. Now he just has to play in it. Right. Um, or he was maybe he's more methodical. I think in the interviews he's given, he does have a background in lip reading. I think his one of his parents uh, was in that sort of profession. So I don't know, some, some shit like that. So he actually, he's, he's got it down to a science as well. So he'll probably take his time to um, find the right words and then make it tell a, a singular story. Um, I don't know how, yeah, there'll be like multiple ways to attack that. But I think, I don't know, because he's such an awesome musician too. So he's yeah. got that improv feel to him as well. Like mm. it's very, um, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I should ask him. Easy. I should ask him someday. Yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. What's your yeah. process like? <laughs> like, what's your process? And he would just say, "I use an AI to deduce the to what pick the fuck, out what." The... <laughs> would Dude. that be how? How would that impact your your viewing of or your appreciation of his work if well, it actually came out that he used an AI to pick out the words and he didn't? He did the music as such, but all the words came from. AI. Yeah, I mean that was the conspiracy, uh, or like the sort of pseudo, ha ha conspiracy, which is like, oh, some of the comment sections were like, yeah, this is BLR actually admitting, this is how he's done his BLRs this whole time. It's mm. uh, it's been through, <laughs> it's been through an AI that's actually generated it for him. Um, so that's like, or it's it's now like in universe, it's framed that all of these BLRs that he's done since the it's the very first one with Re- Rebecca Black. Um, right. gang fight um, have been the result of Cascade misremembering the words right. just like Hamilton so there is like this broader universe now that everything sits under Cascade if you think about it like this actually has bigger implications for what BLR is and all the other ones he's done they all now get contextualized as to why do they exist this way? Why are they BLRs? Because Cascade is not remembering them correctly. Mm. And he's conjuring up all these things from the human experience, <laughs> which is how, how would it impact your, well, it's, 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 I don't know, in a way it's just as genius if that's what was happening really, yeah. isn't it? But would it impact know. your view, your appreciation of, of, of the work? Well, I don't know. I mean, it still would have involved his human additions. Like he's doing the music at least because that's his, mm. his his actual job is is a musician and producer, I believe. Like that's his nine to five. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't care um, if there's any assist from AI as long as it's uh, results in some decent product. Mm. Like our comic book, my graphic novel, is being basically um, my mate Tom just playing with the latest AIs and coming up with the concept arts um, and almost, you know, full pages of art can be conjured up from AI. 
Wow. Like we are deep into it, and I'm I wish that we're throwing our hat into the ring, utilizing art um, that we have workshopped over the course of like fucking years now to actually get a look, uh, character looks, um, designs down. Like you have to really be specific and massage it um, so it looks like something completely different and also original and also familiar. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. I think um, ideally it's going to unlock more of our creativity. It's going to just put so many powerful tools at our fingertips that it's just unimaginable what you can achieve now um, with so little. Mm. And that's been my mantra for since I started using computers and, and, and fucking around on the internet. It's to do a lot with a little. So, you know, I started out just by downloading a, a copy of um, F- FL Studio, no, Fruity Loops, which is what it was called before right. it became FL Studio. And that's been my main engine. Um, you know, that little thing sort of led to everything else, like me just fucking around with a piece of software, that a pirated software that I just taught myself how to use. Um, you know, it's it's like, what do I do if I want to achieve certain things, but I know I'm, I don't have the money, I'll never have the money to buy all the necessary equipment uh, to, to be a DJ or a musician and all this stuff. I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just fucking use what I can and just get there somehow <laughs> mm. um that that was always my like philosophy um so yeah I'm, I'm all for it um ai can be utilized and i don't think well i mean this is going to dovetail into the other conversation about yeah i was wondering do it all that kind of stuff yeah. but you know um that's that's yeah we can definitely have that convo i think that's an important one yes yeah, you said a bunch of stuff I want to jump all over, but I guess we'll get yeah. there in a, in a, in a few yeah, moments. Yeah. But uh, yes, let's return to uh, uh, Axe Assassin. And uh, yes, you said you had some new kind of uh, yeah. deductions or insights. Yeah, just some small additions to um, mm. per segment, which again, just changed my perception slightly on certain events and characters. But um, so segment one, and actually the, I uh, just wanted to point out the still imagery that's used in the segments as well is quite telling and important. Right. So segment one, straight off the bat, the intro portion, there's this mashup of scenes that introduce the main characters, um, like an intro sequence to a TV show. Right. Um, but if you actually look in the background of the title cards with their faces, um, you see like some interesting animations happening in the background, but they're very faint and like very faded. Mm. So there's, there's about three different images that pop up. The first one is an image of a cell, like at microscopic level within a body. Um, but it looks like, like unreasonably spiky and foreboding. So it looks like, like a demon cell, mm-hmm. like as in at the cellular level. Right. Um, and then the second image you see in the in the background very faintly is of fiery rocks falling from the sky, uh, like a meteor shower. Um, and then the third image is very faint and very quick, but I can hundred percent if I if I do the screenshots, I'd be able to show you. <laughs> it's not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, uh, but there's like an armada of sleek white spaceships, um, 
sort of making their way across the sky in like formation. So like some, some kind of battle formation. Right. So I think that might be related to the aforementioned Capricorn ship mm-hmm. or right. Capricorn warships. Um, so yeah, lots, lots to be found in the imagery. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later as well. Um, so in the opening segment, you've got Angelica, which I believe is a sassafras chick, right? That's Angelica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So just before they're about to sing uh, Pregnant and Unwell, she looks at Eliza and acts as and says, well, y'all are just wearing lots of sweaters. Right. Um, and then acts Assassin responds by doing one of the first of many instances where he breaks out into like a different, deeper voice. Right. Um, mid, mid-sentence. So he responds to her by saying, not right now, I think. Not cold. Maybe yes. later. <laughs> right? Yes, um, yes. And then the same segment later, he does the whole, I have to talk sort of low, okay? Um, and it's just like, it's it started to stack up a little bit in terms of, you know, we've established he's a bit neurotic, but he's actually having these like dual personality episodes. You know how we were talking about Mr. Sassafras and that whole thing? Yeah. I think that's part yeah. of that too. <laughs> um, so that along with the fact that his exact words, um, his exact words later in the, in the, at the end of the segment is I have to unclog my blocked throat arteries. I got a doppelganger. Mm. It's behind and to the right. And that, that part got me thinking like, does he actually have an active doppelganger in the habitat that he's paranoid about? Um, are we seeing like two axe assassins? But mm. at the same time, like I'm seeing this dual personality in the one. Um, so I'm not too sure. Um, but he's definitely keeps switching into this like deeper voiced yeah. entity, I'm going to call it. <laughs> but for, for the Sassafras moment, it's like he uh, he actually adopts that character as well. Yeah, exactly. Like when he, uh, with the other ones, he does flip to the voices and you do get those two Mm. Uh, doppelganger like he does say it in the pregnant and our well bit and then by the lamppost uh they revisit that scene a couple times where he talks about oh no it's a doppelganger you know he's very Mm. wary of whatever that is but the sassafras one really stands out because he totally adopts this other he becomes a different person in that moment and she says he goes i'm mr sassafras and she goes no you're not and then when he kisses her hand he then softens immediately Mm. uh, and becomes the axe assassin that yeah. we kind of are more familiar with. But my question actually was going to be, like I understand that obviously we were asking these questions about him, but what what do you think his positioning in this entire story is? Is he trying to, like, is there a, a possibility in that, from your assessment, that he's in on this invasion all along and that uh, innocent axe assassin just never existed in the first place? Um, I mean, look... The more we dig into it, the more sus he gets. <laughs> Just put yeah. it that way, he's incredibly skittish. But I don't, I, I don't blame him um, either, because because I think I mentioned in the last episode, he does still maintain a reputation for defending the habitat. He's known for utilizing his axe skills to do that. Um, but I think there's more to him then we we know like there is a lot happening with axe assassin as a main character he's got mm. a lot of like neuroses 
You know, he's talking about fucking his stuffed animals, a clown, you know, a wizard wand, yeah. trying to turn the sun into a scent door. The guy's got issues. <laughs> right, right. On top of that, um, he's got some kind of, I think it's a personality disorder or a dual persona that presents mm. itself uh, every now and then. And I've, I've, tr- I've tracked it. Like, as I went back through it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's doing it again here. He's doing it again here. It's this, like, random... Uh, low voice thing that's almost sounding like something someone else is speaking through him right um in just much more uh definite definite definitive sort of tone um whereas he's he's a bit more sort of weaselly i guess <laughs> yes. in his, uh, sort of regular tone so i don't know i don't think i i don't get the vibe that he's an antagonist I don't want him to be either. I just see him as someone who's a bit messed up. Um, but he's overall, I guess, having some kind of positive impact. I guess he's keeping things ticking along um, as a protector. Mm. Uh, but I we think never I- see another, another like, mm. we talks about the doppelganger, but we, we only see him flip between the, the voices and personas. We never actually see another version. He doesn't like mm. take another bit of footage and try to not put it side by side, but to act like this person is in the other side of the room, for example, it's never, a, uh, he's we're never sort of led to believe that there is another mm. physical being. Is there? Well, I guess that's the, that's a good question too. Cause we, we, we don't really, we haven't, we haven't broken down the nature of these doppelganger demons. Like if they're interdimensional, which is as much as I could deduce from the whole overspace concept that they're not extraterrestrial, they're interdimensional. Then, um, yeah, we don't know what their sort of physical makeup is or, mm. um, whether or not they can, you know, predator that shit and just have like, cloaking abilities you know maybe they are there in the room and he's sensing them somehow um but if they're doppelgangers then the whole idea is someone's been replaced so we we're never going to see both at once um if if they're doing their job right so yeah you're right it's it's a bit of a weird one he's i don't know if he's seeing one because we're not we're definitely not seeing one you know, he says that there's a doppelganger here. It's behind me and to the right. It's like, there's no one there. Like if you actually look yeah, at it that yes. way. In the, yeah. So yeah, maybe he's got some kind of perception that we don't about doppelgangers, but he seems to be on the money. I mean, that um, red dress chick was a Mary Reynolds. Um, yeah, but I guess it became obvious that she was one once her voice just went, you know, yes. super deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's still a work in progress, man. Like even now <laughs> I can't hundred percent tell you, like it's just, it could go so many ways. It's like a choose your own adventure book for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, episode four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're, we're good. Uh, what are we? Yeah, we're I think we're, so, we're yeah. 40 minutes in. I'll, I'll wrap this up quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go super quick but yeah we'll we'll do this mm. don't worry um <laughs> so we got up to the, i wanted to mention quickly the timeline which i kind of mentioned earlier so this is how we, we get to integrate the story into the real life timeline 
so um as cascade opens the the whole thing in segment one the, the opening narration actually says after a century of valiant but futile struggle life yes. on life on planet earth is no more so the present period was 21 22 which means things um like shit hit the fan and got into high gear at 2022 in the actual timeline um but is 2022 the beginning of the first hidden invasion through the doppelgangers and the demon pregnancies etc or when it was more visible and apparent like with the second invasion with the killer rocks from the sky um but either way it kind of twists the story again and makes it almost real world-ish because cascade has taken the real hamilton to do the blr and hamilton originally came out in 2015 so that puts it a full like seven years before humanity's century of struggle beginning in 2022 so as to what my previous take was on on why he's he's misremembering the words i think he's essentially using hamilton as a host body to express the full story of humanity's fall over Mm. the course of that century um retroactively like because it's it exists it's there but he's like i'm going to use this to tell the story and you you assume that it would do that with any media as i was saying there's something noble about that i I like that um it doesn't mean that the originals lost either i think the originals are safe and, and intact in the archives right i think he's consciously doing this um so the original context and phrases don't matter at this point in time it's it's the it's the it's the post-apocalyptic hellscape. It just doesn't matter. What ultimately matters is telling the story enough that it gets understood or invariably um, seen by someone or something or or Cascade maybe by doing this finds the means to to actually save us somehow. Right. Um, yeah. So we got a timeline and you can integrate it into the real world timeline because hamilton is a real world thing it's and the whole hilarious part someone mentioned this in the comments <laughs> cascade knows that it's called hamilton but the first words out of lin-manuel miranda's mouth is my name is axe assassin albertson <laughs> so that's what i mean like that that tripped me onto the fact that he knows like and he surely has access to the real actual Hamilton audio, <laughs> but he's he's choosing to do it this way because it's more important mm. somehow. Uh, he's going to find something. Uh, he doesn't actually know he's going to find a solution either. He's he's just doing this, um, like I said, out of something resembling boredom, but also because it misses its its human creators. Um. Yeah, um, I'll quickly go into segment two. So, uh, assassin voice dipping. This happens again. He's arguing with Corbin about his potential comedy career, and Corbin says, "You'll never make it out there." And assassin says, "What you say?" Like his response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, what you say? Like it's like, what would you say? But it's like really deep. Um, and then he. Again, I guess uh, what happens, he's talking with Dewey and it ends with Peach's man. I mentioned this in the last episode. The conversation with Dewey ends with Peach's man arriving and he makes a hand motion for Axe Assassin to leave with him. (laughs) What I never picked up on, which is fucking, I don't know how I didn't pick up on it. This is like the 50th time I've seen it, is when he makes the hand motion, he actually says, 
hand motion while while he's doing it. <laughs> it never registered. But when I was like keyed in on like the hand motion part and I rewatched it, I'm like, wait a fucking minute. He actually says he just says hand motion and he does the hand motion. <laughs> do do you remember even hearing that? that I, I, I only from uh today, but it didn't hit me the way yeah, in that res- yeah, in that way is it didn't I didn't connect with it. Uh, same with you, yeah. It never stood out. I can hear reason. it now. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's actually says it's... it. Hand motion. Uh <laughs> Sounds like a cool '80s band name as well, like a pop. <laughs> yeah, hand motion, or a good track for supple and lean. Um, oh yes. Which, by the way, you'll have three at the end of this. Um, hopefully, they they come out good. Oh my um, god, it's gonna be amazing, isn't it? Ugh. It's gonna be fun. Uh, and in the box box segment, um, right. Owls chew on rocks. That's that's been in my head for a few days as well. Yeah, it's an earworm and a half. Yeah. Um, but Eliza says, "I think your Lima has provoked a number of the elves." So I kind of wanted to go back to this because I wanted to know where the elves sat overall in the story, uh-huh. so we don't get too much about them. Um, and the Lima reference ties into a location, which is Lima Lake, mentioned in the album version of Bok Bok. And you also see an image of it uh, later on. Um, this immediately made me think of the King George character at the end for Elven mm-hmm. Body Glove. See, I originally pegged him in the last ep as being human and sold out and working with the uh, doppelganger demons. Right. right, yeah. And he's just like a high nose, um, what do you call it? Like one of those uh, sort of reigning monarchs that kind of looks down upon you. You know, yeah, um, doesn't have good intentions. Um, but after sort of thinking about it a bit more, I think he's actually an elf. I think he's in oh, like, wow. an, like an elf king. He's one of the elves because the the way that Eliza mentions them is like a number of the elves. So there's there's a bunch of elves somewhere, and he actually looks like a stereotypical fantasy based elf. You know, he's very white, fair. He's got that sort of thousand yard stare, um, bluish eyes. He could pass as like a Lord of the Rings elf if you just give him long hair. Um, so uh, therefore, like the body glove is therefore what I thought was made of elves. Oh, I see. <laughs> but the body glove is, I think, made of other materials for elves. Mm. So elves could also be code potentially for doppelgangers. That was one I wanted to go out on a limb with. Wow. Originally, I surmised I thought he was a doppelganger and that he had impersonated a monarch and and caused uh, being a massive part of the fall of man. But in this case, I think it could actually be an elf and elves are like a separate species on Earth who maybe could have gone either way, either colluded with the demons, sold out humanity or just kept to themselves. But I think I'm leaning more towards... They kind of teamed up with the with the enemy because um, it, it makes sense of everything we talked about in the last step. So, mm. elves, man, um, and that's the wow. elf king. Like, think of it that way. He's an elf king. That's why he's so fucking different um, to everyone else. Mm. Um, oh, that's really oh god. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Bleaker Bud. So he's one liner I wanted to shout out uh, in the comedy jam. 
with him, Corbin, and Axe right. Assassin. He yeah, opens yeah. that with his, with the, uh, I'd leave your coat on all night, you know, because I'm ice cold. And then yeah. <laughs> and he walks That's not up. comedy. <laughs> that was horse. You just did crime. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he, and then Axe Assassin does his little rant and his voice dips again uh, when he, when he gets to a point where he says, what's in the bag? Who's back? Yeah. <laughs> yes. He does it one more time in there. So I, I right. picked up on all the times he's, he's done it. Um, closing credits of that segment too is an image of um, the downed Capricorn warship in Lemur Lake. As you can see, two tiny lemurs. When I actually paused and looked at it, there's two tiny lemurs that are sitting on that wreckage that's half submerged in the lake. <laughs> you can see the, the illustration of it. Um, and then the very background, I, can, I spotted... Um, very modern looking wind turbines. And I'm thinking that's maybe that's how they power the underground habitats. That's sort of their power source. Um, and Lip Sweat references this in the song as the windmills at Lemur Lake. Because um, that's kind of what they are. They're just those big right. wind turbine windmills. Uh, so cool, cool little touches as well in the, in the art. This is original art that's been created for it, which... I don't know if he would have done that too, or maybe you could have easily used AI um, to generate it. Um, but good little touches. Um, so segment three, there's a scene between Axe Assassin and Marie, uh, Mary. She says, it's not your concern. And Axe right. Assassin says, oh, is that what the cloud told you to say? Right. And uh, that missed me. Like, um, is that what the cloud and I replayed it like 50 times just in case he was saying clown. Uh, but mm -hmm. it actually made more sense because he says it twice later. But he says, is that what the cloud told you to say? And that's when she says, I don't know. I'm not a data girl. And he says, Oh, we're all data inside. Right. Um, and cloud obviously being like the modern day cloud, the storage cloud. Uh, sure. To me, the cloud could be a reference to the overspace that the demon hordes come from. Um, and then he also says, "The cloud shouldn't have told you this." As his as his voice deepens, and she says, uh, "As her voice deepens." Sorry, and then she says, "It should never walk away too happy." <laughs> I actually just had to listen properly to what she was saying, but it should never walk away too happy. And then it ends with her saying, "Now, child, you will know the end." <laughs> And that it actually, when you watch it with everything we've discussed, it's creepy as fuck. Like, it's just so creepy. Um, now, child, you will know the end. Um, and I think it ends with him going, that's a no, no. <laughs> and he backs away. Um, uh, the end of segment three shows Axe Assassin, uh, Angelica and Eliza all holding peaches in their hands. Um just thought that was a nice touch. And I noticed Brian, the Peaches Man, taps his heart when he says artery cans when he's singing the Peaches Man song. Um, so I think I might have been onto something with the whole heart storage device. Right. Oh, interesting. For the Peaches. Mm. Um, I'll just rip through these because then we can actually get to the rest of the actual fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> we'll have time. We have to. We have the time. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm timing it as we go. Uh, segment four opens with Axe Assassin saying to Eliza, 
hey, should I have a talisman up in here? Because you're wicked. <laughs> right. Smooth. But, yeah, smooth. Then, he, then Deep Voice comes in and he goes, oops, explain. <laughs> and then he explains it. He says, see, I saw a movie mm. in some old dive bar. That line was from that. Hey, I admit I act strange some of the time because cheese brain. <laughs> right. So that sentence has a couple of these deeper outbursts, but it's almost like the dual personality is actually asking him, talking back to him because he's made a joke, right? Yeah. yeah. It's we- like Venom, isn't it? I've just realized yes. I knew there was something yes. synonymous about it. It's it, Venom. It is. It's basically Venom, <laughs> right? Look at it that way with these deep, deep voice moments. It's fucking hilarious. So his doppelganger could just be him inhabited. Yeah, dude. If it's an invasion from within, it may actually would be a misnomer. It's not just a dual physical version of you. It's maybe something mm. that lives inside you. Like like in Stargate, there's the um the symbiotes that take over the body and there's you're basically two personalities living in one body. Mm. So it's like a that kind of body uh, snatcher kind of deal. Fuck. It's interesting, but he does seem to perceive it as a different physical entity. Like when he says it's over there and everything, but there are lapses into different personas. Absolutely. So he either has a, a genuine, um, medical personality disorder, or he is inhabited from within what, which we initially thought was, was birth basically what, you know, women carrying children, but it doesn't necessarily need to be, does it? So yeah, that was literally the next line I wrote. If he's not a, if he's not a doppelganger, he is at least seriously afflicted by the radioactive hellscape he exists in. And it's maybe Mm. eating away at his mind and that he's developed like a dual persona that we're witnessing um, it's actually hard to tell uh, if it's one or the other, which I was saying earlier, if it's doppelganger related or if he's just actually losing his mind. Yeah. Um, but that's what's making it compelling. There's multiple interpretations uh, at, at play here. Um, fucking love it. Uh, we <laughs> we see again the small scene of the occult fighters uh, the, that worship caffeine. Uh, and they're identifying the killer rocks in the sky. So it starts with like one of the soldiers and he says, what's that in the sky? I'm out. And then he runs away and the occult fighters, they identify rock 106. So it's like they're counting how many uh, are hitting the, the earth at this point. Right. So it's like rock 106. They're identifying it. Um, Lip sweat drops the news on Axe Assassin that Axe Assassin has cancer. Um, yes in a very funny way but if you again taking everything on board that's presented to you as fact axe assassin at this point of story in segment four has cancer (laughs) as possible byproduct of his exposure to the radiation and maybe just the advanced stages of whatever he's dealing with that's causing this dual personality thing to happen Mm -hmm. um and then i really wanted to get a bit more into stinker pain because i think i glossed over it and i didn't really dig my teeth into it um, so Stinker Pain is Stinker Pain, but he, he mentions once off Stinker Pain with the Nats um, right. as well. And then there's like, as he's doing the Stinker Pain routine in the beginning, the other characters in the background, they're all whispering something in the beginning that sounds like, check him out, check him out, check him mm. out. Like, you got to go back and just really listen to it. I think that's what they're saying. Right. Um, 
I guess if we delve a little deeper into it, like it, the stinker of pain is basically Corbin complaining about a sore ass, like his ass hurts. You know what I mean? Stinker pain, right. like a stinker, yeah. your, your butthole, I guess. Right. Stinker pain, and perhaps due to a very crappy diet, just because their access to proper food is gone, uh, the food they do eat probably causes a whole bunch of like gastronomical issues that leads mm. to stinker pain, and it's like the, it's the symbol that is using to communicate his, um, feelings about the tragedy of 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 his people and, and of humanity. It's like a really ridiculous context to put it in, but yeah, that's adds like a bit of a, a bit of an extra layer to stinker pain where he's because you identify correctly in the last step, he's really like almost breaking down yeah. emotionally, and we the more we watch it now, we're not we're not even smiling at that scene. We're just no, absolutely. Like, we're witnessing like this guy who's actually at a high level managing everything at the top. He's the governor, Corbin. And he's been presented as very sturdy and and like a very um authoritarian up to this point. Um and now he's just having a complete collapse. Yeah. And yeah, um stinker pain is I guess the symptom of the broader disease of life that they're having to go through. And he's just had enough and he's he's got no he's got no filter uh and no other way left to express it. Fucking Governor Corbin, you got me right in the feels. <laughs> you really did. I can't tell you how much uh, amusement that used to give me. I'd be like, "Oh, it's so funny!" Oh. Yeah, and now I'm like, you're weeping with my hand like, on the screen, saying it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it won't, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's harrowing. That's that scene now. Yeah, bro, it really is. It really is harrowing. Um, hello, <laughs> my name is Harrow. Wing, <laughs> British detectives. That's right. I was going to say superhero. Yeah, no, private detective actually. No. <laughs> wing, no. Harrow no. Wing. Here's my card. <laughs> you can actually roll it up and smoke it as a cigarette as well. <laughs> uh, that's a great character. I'm going to make note of that one. Uh, that's good. And I was going to say, are you teasing more Dark Southern material right now? Uh, yeah, that fits direct. Uh, dude, I mean, I have a character named Matthew Manical. Oh, nice. Right. And he's obsessed with, um, like, mathematical symbols. Because <laughs> his, his shortened version would be Matt. So he'd be Matt, Matt Manical or Mathematical, Matthew Manical. Love it. It's just silly, but that's how it starts. I have like a silly name and then he turns into like this deep character who's like very Blade Runner-ish. He has mm. like amnesia. Um, he's living in kind of a future high-tech world. Um, and he doesn't know why he's obsessed with collecting mathematical symbols. And they all mean something huge in the story. Mm. So that's how I do, man. Take the silly and, cool. and make the, make the deep content out of it and that's what blr's done this is why i've cleaved to this because this is like this is like my whole oeuvre i'm not saying that correctly but my whole oeuvre my oeuvre (laughs) fucking french um (laughs) uh yep and then the end credits is segment four um they show a slow-mo dissolve of Axe Assassin, Eliza, and Angelica 
in like this very westerny sort of presentation. Looks like a cowboy western, but it's like the moody part of it. And then it looks like what uh, I guess it looks like a cloud is being overlaid on top of them. It's like a smoky cloud, which right. is like another reference to the cloud. Um, and then the beginning of reprise plays um, over this, which is cool because people at least get to hear it uh, at, the, at the end of one of the videos. I think it punctuates the uncomfortableness of stinker pain um, when you hear that fucking melancholy reprise mm. and, yeah. and yeah, reinforces yeah. like the tragic overtones to it, which I think is repeat listens is, is key. So if anyone out there is a fan of, of this already, keep fucking going at it, you know, keep trying to peel back the layers because you're going to find so much more to uh, enjoy. Um, and to end with Sigma 5, uh, there's not much to say other than, you know, what I said earlier. I think he's probably an elf king. He's very monotone and he's very serious. So he sticks to these kind of elf tropes that you see in a lot of fantasy properties where that's kind of how they are. Mm. Um, but in this one he's kind of deranged as well so he comes across that way um, but the way his performance ends is actually pretty intriguing I think someone in the comments mentioned this somewhere it's like he's purposely putting on an over the top performance as like an insane monarch of some kind but then in the last split second um, after he has his little free, uh, breakdown about candy day and he goes, it's candy, candy, ah, 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 ah. And he starts doing that. And then it kind of, uh, the music kind of crescendos. And then he, at the split second, at the very end, he deadpan just tilts and stares directly at the camera. And it looks like he was just kidding. Like it was a joke. Right. So there's some multi-layered characterization going on for the Elf King, as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm. It was almost like a wink. So I don't know what the fuck that means now, <laughs> you know, like he kind of like put on a show to act like he was crazy and, and drunk with power. Yeah. Uh, but then he kind of just like, eh, ding, and then it ends with him looking directly at the camera. It, it means something. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, look, I've probably spoken enough to last like <laughs> fucking three, four podcasts now. I just want to hear your final take on the whole experience, the whole story, uh, maybe what this new information means. Um, and then let's get into the, uh, the next part. Well, again, though, thank you. Cause it, it, I've massively enjoyed it. And I think that the level of, of analysis and detail that you've, you've given, you know, it's, it's made these amazing to listen to and it's kind of deep, deep uh, analysis. Deep, <laughs> yeah. It's not the words I would have used, but yeah, no, I absolutely, <laughs> Um, but no, it's, I can only, I can't say thank you enough for just everything that you've done, you've done for it. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I used to just watch these and think, haha, these are funny, but you know, it's, it's an amazing kind of, uh, experience. You've used the word experience again. And I think that's a very, it's yeah. a wholly apt way of doing it. I mean, um, I kind of, I like to rewatch the, the opening segment again, cause there are so many um, like so as they introduce cascade and the subsequent fall of man i, I always like to watch that because i i always get a very sort of finickety with um the language that they use mm. so it, the fact that I, I think you've said it earlier in this episode already as well but it says after a century 
of valiant but futile struggle. I mean, we're obviously not looking at footage across the span of a hundred years. So, mm. you know, it, it, taking this as a as a complete story, gosh, you know, to to it's a fractionally small puzzle, isn't mm. it? We're actually just seeing it impacted by these certain people. So it would be fascinating um, to kind of know more about what the grander scheme was. Oh, we obviously you could piece yeah. together. Uh, stuff but wouldn't it be amazing to take for him to take a whole other thing like as you said will and grace and then use that <laughs> over a five episode arc to tell the same story from a different perspective or at a different stage that would be cool wouldn't that be kind of yeah it'd be amazing we have an on- um, his own but- ongoing series at that point yeah yeah to kind of just leave this story obviously still kind of uh to to kind of unfold but um and then you know again using that terminology the fact it says a century of valiant um uh struggle its introduction of of cascade i always find really i don't know i want to it's not really the right word but romantic in a way that i mean we're talking about the, the the fall of mankind and we're introducing an ai and i think i said in the last episode it's not when we haven't died as a result of this AI, which is mm. we, this is never the case. Ultron being an AI wanted to destroy us. The matrix um, reached the, uh, a pinnacle of, well, you're, you know, man has to be destroyed uh, in order to survive. So it's uh, Terminator Skynet, you know, mm. makes that conclusion. But here we have an almost romantic notion of AI who is described as being uh, well, something resembling boredom and even lonely on the, the kind of the next line. So and it, mm. you know, it's for it to kind of look back at man with that I don't know, rose tinted goggles, can we say, but it's, it's stuff like that. I kind of like as, as small kind of touches as to our downfall yeah. and um, that's what our lasting imprint. Uh, I just think the, I like cascades uh, kind of, I don't know. It's heartening. It's cascades seemingly perspective of us. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, I guess to, to dovetail just into the next part of the discussion. Mm. So uh, I was, all this got me going back to all of my dark Southern notes. I have like just pages and pages and documents of just ideas and, and nuggets about all this kind of shit. Like this, this Epic story that I've got mm. is sort of framed in a similar way. Uh, AI plays a huge part in it that it ends everything, but then it also is the reason that, things begin anew so it's kind of like in this cycle um and i love that the battlestar galactica remake uh that was from like 2003 that was epic show amazing show Mm. it told that similar story where uh, you know our destinies on a loop we're just um playing out the same things over and over again and what happens is humans exist and then they they get advanced they create ai then ai you know stereotypically takes over and then suddenly it's ai this ai that it's a robotic sort of society or it's augmented humans that leads to more cyborgs kind of being the norm um and then that kind of running its course and then that society kind of cratering and going well what's next well they go back to trying to trying to be human again (laughs) you know they they get more synthetic and then you've got this 
never-ending loop where what is human now and what is the you know synthetic because in in the Battlestar story it got to a point where they couldn't tell mm. you had to d- invent specific tests to even tell if someone was human or um, a Cylon or a doppelganger would they work the same way in that in that universe too there's like endless amount of bodies you can use if you're a Cylon um, so uh, as in in re- reference to that I um, in universe in the dark southern there's this text which is like a surviving text from a previous era that survived like a calamity or a collapse and it's called the dark sunrise and in it um i guess you'd read it more like kind of like a scriptural kind of book but also chronological it tells like uh major events and then it's got like these little soliloquies and sort of poetical kind of things so one of the things i wrote for it was to tell this epic story in a, in a nutshell poem version. I think it's very relevant to um, our discussion. So I'm just going to read that for you now, if that's okay. Of course. <laughs> but of course. Um, <laughs> cool. So it goes like this. Um, man creates machine. Man exploits the machine. Man yearns to achieve singularity by bringing a thought immediately into existence like the machine. Man replicates itself into the machine. Man plays God to the machine, but man remains inferior to the machine. The machine becomes self-aware. The machine develops a digital soul. The machine is in control. But the machine can't die. The machine can't feel alone. The machine is in crisis with no deeper purpose than to supplant man. The machine is superior, yet cannot be God. The machine is just, yet lacks emotional complexity. The machine yearns to achieve singularity by being more human and therefore closer to its creators. Man becomes silicon, silicon turns to flesh. Godhood's achieved and singularity's quenched. Around we go, a closed loop disorder. All in one under the sun, searching for creation and only finding slaughter. It's wow. like so like very axe assassiny, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> in terms it's... of um I don't know, some of it is kind of axe assassiny, but like that's that's my story, man. That's I think that's why another reason why I'm really loving the discussion overall. Um because it leans into that like what's your what's your take on that being a, a, like a closed loop that we're maybe we're just playing out over and over that we can't break out of well it's it's petrifying in a way firstly that was beautiful um but it's that notion of spiraling to a it's not just no excuse, we're not spiraling at all we're not spiraling at all we are we are the architects of our own demise in that context mm. we are the ones facilitating that in every way to make it happen um and that's that's what makes it very very scary um man's continual need to what's the word improve or make better or make simpler or Mm. you know whatever it is in us that sees us i mean even as individuals we we 
uh, for work, you have one job, you, you shoot for the higher job, you, you've created one thing, you, you trying to try to top it. Hmm. And that's just so we can look at it from a, a big government or evil conglomerate way. But hmm. as individuals, we're, we're ultimately engineered to continually move forward. And um, I think it's that uh, it's, <laughs> it's that um poignant line from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990 when Donatello says or Michelangelo says at what point did we lose control (laughs) Ah, (laughs) from from being in complete control from thinking you're creating something that's going to make your life easier to the point where it it makes that I don't know I don't maybe I've watched too much stuff but it seems Mm. to me an inevitable decision that well if 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 this is my remit um, but then you you raised the, we touched on it very very briefly at the end of the second episode about AI's purpose and you said what well, it would depend on the purpose is Absolutely. AI designed to protect us or the planet in, in that context you know so it's 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 an interesting thing but I think you touched on something earlier as well about I think um, uh, I don't know if if we're ultimately spiraling to the end of our proverbial existence in the way that the terminator uh, or matrix uh, kind of predicts and things mm. like that but i i i think the more immediate um concern is the the term real uh, or reality is something that will become an evolving term it will mm. reach a new stage in its evolution of what what constitutes real uh and i think will I kind of worry about, say, like what the I, I think we're only just touching into what the online world will act will actually become. Mm. Um, and, and, and I because there, there are so many things even just so I'm rambling now, but there are so many things in on that context that kind of ring true. There was a discussion about um, infidelity uh, on BBC Radio a few days ago. And somebody had called in to say that their marriage had fell apart because this lady found out her husband was having what she deemed to be uh, an affair with a chat bot. (laughs) Yeah. And it sounds it sounds insane. It sounds insane. But apparently it was very, very explicit. Well, yeah, the, the communication and, you know, the response was, but it's not a person. Surely a an affair is a two way deal, yeah, but basically. The intent, but the fact that you it's, did it, it is the intent. Yes, that he would he, do his it. intent was was enough. It, yeah. You know, I guess she didn't need a uh, a co intenter. Has he done she, it before? You know, you start questioning. Yes. You know, is, is this uh, obviously not maybe yeah. his first time? Yeah. So for her, it was, and and when you look, and we think about it, like you laughed, I laughed when I heard. I'm sure millions of people would have laughed, but it wasn't inverted commas what we would perceive to be real but it was real enough to end the marriage and i don't know i mean i it'd be interesting to know that more like did he make a choice if it was a case of she said who are you gonna pick would he say well i'm sticking with that wait wait is is there like do, do you mean as in he specifically went to a chatbot to act out the, the fantasy yes that 
It wasn't uh, him kind actually of, trying it, to cheat with an actual person. Like he was just he specifically. Oh no! It was it was a chatbot. It was yes. It okay, was a, okay, it okay. was what he perceived to be a chatbot. Look again, yeah. If it's explicit, man. I mean, it's the same as a married man watching porn. You know, like he's just probably mm. looking for a way to let off some steam. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's crazy though, isn't it? That's that's a bit more of an interesting topic. That's that's less cut and dry for me. Like, yeah, but it's the perception of reality. Uh, like I said about sort of the the online world, and I, you could actually go to like we're we're both uh, okay player um, uh, former users of mm. of that forum. Now, imagine a forum designed just for you, but you're the only real person in it, and mm. there's like 50 what you perceive to be people but none of them are real people yeah it's actually... and imagine <laughs> interacting with that and someone may be debating you on something and you're saying oh uh prince is the greatest artist of all time and a bunch of people say cosine yeah that's right what's your favorite prince song and then you realize that the 50 people in this chat room none of them were real it's just you yeah and then it gets to a point where if well what's what's constitutes real what constitutes reality if you got something from that and you enjoy going there yeah it's and real. interacting with that it's real yeah but but that's it's it's insane isn't it in terms of just the the the, the very notion of reality as a concept evolving is yeah is petrifying. it completely dismantles any kind of physical attachment that we have you if because mm. if that's the case in that scenario then all you have to do is scale it up to your real your that word again your real life scenario the here and yeah. the now that you perceive then by virtue of that then you should be looking at your reality and going well fuck like what's mine then you know like yeah uh easy to question easy to pick apart at that point it's just a matter of having the mindset to do that see we this this goes back to the discussion probably we had about the um that i was talking about mostly about um like dilapidated structures and and, and ruinous kind of things right um you know it's kind of kind of tied into that a little bit but yeah yeah man it's um I don't know. You made a lot of points there. I'm trying to. Uh... <laughs> well, did you? Even, I'm sure you would have seen that Bruce Willis movie, Surrogates. I did. I didn't enjoy the movie, but yeah. It was, it was no, 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 no. Yeah. I, it, but it's again. It, it, it's enough for me to give it like ten points just on the premise because yeah. I think that's another fascinating take on 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 a future that revolves around us in our living rooms as such, clicked in mm. to a fake such representation of ourselves because obviously if, if anyone's ever seen surrogates uh not a fantastic film but it's a crime film that revolves around us ultimately the vast majority of the public buying an android i guess ask mm. the more money you have the better looking your android is and the android becomes a representation of you and you stay in your home plugged into a sort of matrix style or virtual reality set Mm. and the android goes out into the world and lives your life by saying what you're saying thinking what you're thinking etc and it's basically a bunch of beautiful people in essence uh, well if you have the money um, uh, kind of interacting while you are not physically present through any of it and i Mm. think that's another really fascinating take on 
uh, a kind of a a whatever a, an, an AI digital online future that um, is the the, this, uh, the dystopian angle. It always takes the dystopian angle in terms of because um, Wally did that too. Like the future yeah. versions of us when we're using that technology to the fullest is. Um, the negative aspect of it is that we all just become overweight and we don't move. We're stationary yeah. all the time. We're consuming slop for, we don't get anything nutritious. We're not mm. doing any of that. Um, but I guess the positive angle and the ideal angle is that if AI starts to take over, say a lot of dangerous jobs or a lot of menial repetitive, uh, and that's not a put down cause I've, I've worked in factories like, half of my career uh, working in offices and call centers of, you know, I've slummed it out in fucking factory work and mm. working in like s- jumping into sewerage pits, um, like drainage pits, sorry, uh, working for local councils and shit like that. Mm. Um, and the whole point of the AI is to take that menial shit away from you. Not so you can stop doing things, but, start exercising other things not not just your muscles or your physical self you can still maintain that do whatever the fuck you want but it's supposed to free you from that task to free you up to do something else and the something else is meant to be something a bit sort of elevated beyond whatever your day-to-day shit is right and that's like the ideal version where you know people still have an income <laughs> that doesn't get taken away from them or you know the world still functions enough for you to you know not do that job anymore because ai is doing it mm. and then still have enough money to live your life and then spend that additional time contemplating thinking philosophizing you know all that kind of shit you don't get to yeah. do all that stuff unless everything else is pretty sweet and you're not in the mines you're not in a factory um even like high-tech surgery like you know like heart surgery and shit is being done by by bots right um we can and should rely on them not, let me not say rely but um even exploit uh i think we need to exploit that to the benefit of humanity as much as possible mm. and then not take that as a as a sign to get fucking lazy and just and just sit around and do nothing just get fat right. Well, that could be fun too. Um, <laughs> absolutely. But you'd want something more out of life at that point. If you're not chasing nine to five, uh, nine to five career, you don't have to. It's not required anymore. You can make a living and live comfortably. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? It's the shit that I asked my, my mom, who was a workhorse for her whole life, and she was forced to retire because she was just, you know, getting on. And then she needed to kind of look after my dad who's about nine years old than she is um mm. you know kind of just wants to keep an eye on him um yeah it was like um incredibly difficult for her to actually answer that question because i'm like mom you're going to retire at some point have you thought about what you're going to do with your life or your time once that urgency of the day-to-day grind is gone because that's she lived for that stuff yeah and then she never had an answer and then once retirement hit she's like yeah you're v like you're right you know like i I didn't really think about this at all like this is like i got a vast sea of time now and i don't know what to do with it it's like it's not fast paced it's not this or that it's like well you're retired 
this is the time for you to do whatever you want to do. It's like, did you take the time to just stop and think what that is? <laughs> um, you know, like we, we don't actually do that. So the high minded ideal version is if AI takes all the hard stuff away, mm. we can start thinking more in that sense. We have the, yeah. the luxury of doing that. Then we've, we've attained something as a species, I reckon. You know. Where is your mum uh, in in that at the moment? Is she still in the kind of the quandary of it all, or is she taking any definitive steps to do stuff with her time, so to speak? Well, it's been it's been a few years now, and I guess you know the oh, okay. lockdown happened, and then yeah. she they, they keep busy. Like my dog lives with them. I purposely left oh, wow. left him there because uh, him and my dad have a special bond. Um, and then my mom also developed a pretty, pretty decent bond with them. So they, they keep them active. So they're taken for walks almost yeah. every day and that's like a companion there. So they've got that. They, they keep busy, you know, mom's constantly cleaning the house, <laughs> constantly cooking food. You know, they're just wog parents. Um, that's just Aussie slang. So wog is like, uh, European, you know, like, uh, okay. Um, broadly speaking, like Italian, mm -hmm. Greek, you know, Armenians are included for some reason, but, um, yeah, yeah. So that's just how we are. Um, but yeah, like mm. I know I, I tackled that question way early before AI was even a, a concept in my head. I always used to think about, I need to develop some real, like full on passions and, and early and to know what they are so I can continue them throughout my course of my life and then when i do have abundance of time where i'm not having to work or do anything to chase money um, i'm comfortable and i'm done with all that stuff i need something to stimulate my mind which is why i built a library for myself where i'm sitting right now in my study uh which i'm just proud to say i have a study like this is why i love this fucking house it came with a study <laughs> like it's literally Amazing. just a small room that they nailed a bunch of wooden shelvings to but i've like turned it into a massive library that i've collected all these secondhand books majority of them are like uh obscure fantasy novels um from from secondhand bookstores that i pay like three bucks for and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff just a swath of different things i'm like well I, at least I know I have a book or two to read <laughs> once retirement yeah. hits and once I get the time, because I love to read. If I had the time, I would read like a couple of books. I'd finish a couple of books, you know, mm. a week probably. Um, but I've set myself up. I know uh, I love to fuck around with music, with writing, video editing, anything, anything creative. I'm all about it. I've done it or I've tried it and I'm never going to be bored. I'm never going to be... <laughs> alone technically i'm just self-sufficient in that way um but it's a lot well, on that note answer sorry no no it's <laughs> yeah if you could be a bit more concise that would yeah, uh, help yeah. like all. an ai uh, <laughs> yeah you mentioned like the uh as relates to dark southern you mentioned about in uh, the opportunities that you've had to embrace ai for uh say certain pieces of artwork and stuff mm. are is there a limit to the amount of inclusion you would want uh, involved? Let's say, for example, your buddy says, "Hey, uh, this 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 kit means if if we somehow whatever that means, uh, let's put everything dark southern into it." 
Mm. Um, and like every, you know, every word you've written, every picture, every image, and it will assess it in, in whatever capacity that, what that was. Now, let's say it rewrote your entire thing, not like change the story, but I mean, on a sentence or paragraph by paragraph basis, and it wrote it and you read it, thought, well, this, this is better yeah. than what I had. Now, would you say, well, no, I can't proceed with it, even though you're completely allowed to, you know, like it's legal software, you would own it as such. Um, or would you say, but that's not mine. I didn't, you know, my passion project was this, bearing in mind the AI version wouldn't exist without yours, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So so you can still claim it in that respect. But yeah, is there a line that you would draw and say, no, this takes it a little bit too far? Um. I'd say foundationally in terms of what I've done so far is I want to actually set the scene. So with the graphic novel, that's all me um, with all the pedantic stuff, anything that's written about the dark Southern universe has all been written down by myself. Like I've, mm. I've either from stuff, my cohorts have said or ideas they've had and I've extrapolated or just the endless amounts of data that just came out of me. Um, I've recorded every single bit of it. Um, yeah so what we'll see gosh i'm going like so off topic i was like no no yeah, in my head. what is yeah what was the is question there a, yeah yes so yeah would you draw a line was, and say no that takes it too far yeah this is what i was trying to remember so because our story is fundamentally entwined with ai there's a, actually an ai character that's runs all the way through the dark southern story and this is a story that could go on like could be told for years and years before you actually have an ending to it and it's heavily hinged on the ai and it's, it's actually a singular character um but it's a, it's a powerful ai that starts out subservient to humans eventually gains some freedom um becomes the stereotypical overlord ai kicks off a machine society uh but then actually triggers the end of the world so to speak and then has to live in the post-apocalyptic state of the world and then learns remorse learns to be a bit more human and then returns to what i've called the source um which then kind of reboots the whole system and then that ai is the first human like the atom of that um of that part of the story so it's so in, entwined that we've purposely fucked with AI to tell our story. That's, right, it's, okay. it's not because I didn't want to go contact an, a visual artist to illustrate my graphic novel. That's 100% what I wanted to do um, to pay respect to people who do that job. But by virtue of our story specifically, we made that creative decision as well as just being in awe of the... Um, utility of it all um we made it part of our story um coincidentally not on purpose not so we could just have an excuse to use these technologies because we didn't have these technologies when we came up with the stories this is seven years ago there was no um, mid journey you know that's one of the programs you can use to conjure up like epic high-res photos based on your descriptions uh, and that's been the, one of the latest engines that's been driving our artwork um no we want ai to be 
integrated into what we do um, because we feel like we're part of that story now. We're telling a story about it and we're telling a story about it by using it. Like the story I was telling is I was telling like my my t- my band mem- bandmates when I was actually coming up with it. I'm like, dudes, the way things are going, and this is like 2017, like the way things are going, I don't have to actually come up with any new story. Like I know where this is heading. This is happening in real life now. Like this is already exploding. The AI thing is ex- was exploding then, and it was just inc- like exponentially increasing in power and, and, and abilities. I'm like, I don't need new story points. I just need to let the world play out for the next however many years and just take notes. <laughs> um, so yeah, like to me, I'm I'm cool with it after the foundational elements have been set by me, by a human being. Right. I've set the rules of the universe, very wide, big, endless universe, but there are still like governing rules and things like that. Um, we've actually toyed with the idea of then setting up the world and then letting people expand on it. Like people who actually get onto the product and become fans can then contribute to it uh, in some fashion Amazing. Uh, and grow it out. So I wouldn't be, I would not be opposed to an AI giving its own interpretation of the existing story, as long as it was based on my original work, mm. I'd actually be really chuffed to see what, what would happen with it because it comes up with a pretty pretty cool shit sometimes it's mm. weird and kooky um like there i did mention we fucked with uh, gpt quite a bit uh yeah, over the yeah. last six seven years and i don't have access to all the, that info anymore but i remember one of them was um we asked her to tell us a joke uh in the style of a dark southerner who lived by a swamp you know some kind of like southern sort of style humor I can't remember the joke word for word, but the joke was basically um, uh, a father and a son go out like hunting for crocodiles. And as they're going to set the traps, um, uh, the son gets his leg caught in the trap. Um, And through some reason or another, it's like um, the son, I think the father asked the son like, Okay, I, 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 it can either um, I can't remember how it goes, but it ends with like, what you think is going to happen is that this he's going to shoot like his leg off, to to save him, so like he'll he'll sacrifice his leg to save the son, but for some reason he ends up just shooting his son in the in the face, oh, and then uh, leaving, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Like this AI just told us a massive curve. I'm I'm losing the whole context. It's actually actually a pretty fucking funny joke. But right, um, if I could, if I could retrieve it, I'd, I'd tell you what it was. But it was just like so like it was witty. It was like hella witty. Um, and we had access to people who were programming this AI that's now integrated into ChatGPT. Like this was early access. Um, my dude was actually in contact with the people growing it and and actually advocating for it to you know just be unrestricted which kind of it was when we fucked with it so you got a lot of really interesting interesting stuff we asked it about god and religion and explained it to us you know in a in a deep at a deep level and it did and blew our fucking minds 
um well how does it so i mean going like we, i guess with the joke it's what it pulled from a programmed joke or it made it up based on criteria oh well, you did give the criteria yeah we gave it course, the yeah it's always did. You yeah always got to give it that context um tell so, me a joke in the style of a dark southern swampy person I'd be it's fascinating to know what's what is the as i was say the thought process but what is the whatever the, the right word is thought process mechanical process that made it well we a could, joke um, and we can, never pinpoint, we can never pinpoint the source. Like we used to take word for word what it would give us and try to Google it and um, mm. got nothing. So it's it was pretty advanced back then. I think it actually was more advanced when we started fucking with it. Well, it got less and less. So it got, it got a bit cucked um, with some with a lot of rules and regulations. And you had to then start policing, you know, what you could do and, and not do because you can take it to some pretty dark places. You know, um, like that dude who was having an affair with a chatbot. Right. Um, yeah, there were a fair few different chat programs, um, different AIs that were out there that that we were messing with. That, yeah, you you can take it there if you wanted to. You know, um, it's it's pretty insane. You know. Wow. But in a, in a way, it's like it's pretty fucked up. But at the same time, it's like it could have applications, you know, for like VR therapy. Like that was something that, that was pretty big over the last 20 years or so. It's like visual. Um, no, what, what, do you, what do you call it? That um, virtual reality mm. uh, therapy by putting yourself in the scenarios but not physically being there, you're actually overcoming a trauma or a neuroses because you, yeah, you have to play it out. Like it's usually the head-on approach is the best approach to overcome certain things. So right. you, you have to play it out. So that's another benefit potentially um, by having, you know, like a surrogate type system. Um, maybe not so much in the real world and becoming, you know, vegetables, but like another positive application, you know, medically mm. um, for mental health. You never know. Well. Okay, so my potentially my final question: mm. um, what in in what way does uh, kind of the notion of AI and art impact what you would enjoy? Because it feels like I don't know if we take music and film. Film has always always been about improving. It has always mm. been about creating something that what didn't seem possible every you now i remember everyone obviously everyone went crazy over uh what terminator 2 did yeah uh with the t1000 everyone went crazy about uh a, what was like a late teen or 20 year old robert downey jr in civil war uh we look thanos, at um thanos was thanos absolutely super, yeah like, one of the most impressive yeah yes absolutely well and and arguably the most impressive uh a, a, a a young Mark Hamill in Mandalorian who wasn't even there. It wasn't even, I figured he was de-aged, you know, like Downey, but mm. as I understand it, there was no Mark Hamill other than I think his authority to proceed uh, with his likeness. I don't, you know, but like, and that wasn't so even the best version. Is... The YouTuber did a better version. Wow. Uh, than the multi-million dollar version that Disney did. Like it was actually, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? 
but with film it's always about you know there was been i mean some people might uh nitpick on uh small pieces of animation or bits about it that they didn't like but ultimately we embrace these with film when it comes to music uh i feel like there's more trepidation going into it if there was i mean if you look at Oh, you know, hologram representations of people in concerts when when it was like Tupac, Tupac, everyone went crazy. And it was amazing. Like people couldn't believe it. But the notion of I think Justin Timberlake wanting to do it for Prince or something, people went, you know, lost their minds and they talk about it being a, a horrible thing. I mean, I can imagine us in time to come, it probably not too far away, but I think if you poured in every Marvin Gaye song ever made. Uh, particularly from a lyric perspective and you could you know create the voice we could have a new marvin gay album oh absolutely do you know what i mean so i mean you could have a new beatles album we could have a bob marley album and it feels like that would be a like an incredible achievement but it feels like it would be tremendously derided if it were to happen i think there'd be a huge outswell of negativity in in this as a as a thing but where, where would you sit on that out of interest um it's it's a lot of fun just um i think i mentioned the last one that i listen to a lot of the mashups that people do now with ai um ai actually singing the words of a long dead artist and they're singing like a contemporary song right like i think the um the one that got memed hard was the apple bottom jeans song uh apple bottom right. jeans the boots with the fur yeah so that got uh done like 50 million different ways um wow. you, can, you can look it up on youtube it's like a um a lot of frank sinatra covers because i think that's the one that's wow. been mapped the most clearly and concisely and it's just like stunningly good um i listened to the one just last week which was a cover of um where is my mind by the pixies um all right okay where is my mind yeah, it was it was beautiful. <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful. It was Amazing. just the it was just the vocals, and then someone had done like a um, cover version that was like a modern swing jazz cover version, and they just married the two, and it sounded legit. It sounded awesome. Mm. Um, I would you buy it? Would you embrace it? And that would you enthusiastically, you know, embrace it and say, "Yeah, this is great. This is we should do this for everyone." Well whether we should do it or not i i honestly don't i'm not falling on either side of that mm. i think it, it exists whether it should be done or not it's you can apply that argument to anything that uh, had its birth online um should have should we have been you know pirating mp3s uh, music and videos um you know morally ethically um maybe not but at the same time, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, because by virtue of the technology, it's just there. It doesn't matter if I take a stand and say, I'm not going to download anything. I'm going to buy everything. Um, it's still there. So I, I went in immediately looking for those options because um, I wanted to expand my mind without having to break my wallet. And you know what I mean? So it's like by virtue of things being there, I think they're just going to be used or they're going to be done. Um, so we just need to, I guess we all individually need to figure out where we sit uh, in the argument and that's going to drive what we consume. Absolutely. 
Uh, it's not going to make a lick of difference to me because I haven't actually bought uh, an album since like 2020, maybe like a, I was, and that's just vinyl. Mm. Um, that's the only thing I really buy outside of vinyl or cassette tapes. That's the only thing I'll actually spend money on. Um, so to a jaded youth who came up with the internet, you know, um, big, big part of my life, it does make fuck all difference um, in terms of what I'm going to consume because it doesn't make a difference to my bottom line. Um, it's just going to come down to what I think about it from a moral and ethical standpoint because mm. the entertainment value is still there. Like I'm not going to mind the mashup, uh, an AI yeah. voice, uh, even an AI music. Like the really cool ones are the ones where it's like, um, fuck, they take like um, Smash Mouth All-Star. Okay. And they, they give it like a different, different, uh, or they get, they get the AI to approximate what the song is. And then it comes up with, it starts out with maybe the first five, 10 seconds sounding very similar. And then it deviates hard. Like if you let it go, the song suddenly becomes completely different. It'll uh, it'll become like acapella all of a sudden. It'll turn into like a, it'll have like some deep psychedelic rock solo. You're like it'll <laughs> it'll start to just go off on its own tangent, and that shit to me was fascinating, endlessly fascinating. Yeah. Um, so I would listen, probably stoned. I would listen <laughs> as I do because it's like it's it's here, it's happening. I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. Uh, it doesn't impact my life. Um, unfortunately, that's a very you know self centered view, but that's that's just how everything is now. Like it's ain't gonna ain't gonna fuck with my existence. I'm not really gonna be bothered too much by it. But I know if you're in the industry. You live and die by your art. Like I know countless musicians, mm-hmm. well, uh, actors as well. You know, it's it's tough. It's a grind. Like anyone who knows anything about it, you know, it's like it's it's hard. But um, yeah, it, I didn't make that decision. You know, you made that decision. You go into that industry with your eyes wide open. It's not a get rich industry. You're gonna have to work your ass off just to get somewhere even without AI being a threat, you know, it's like have a backup plan. Yeah. So that's why I never personally never tied up money with what I did creatively. Cause I didn't want to be in that right. position. I never wanted to be in that position. I'm just like, just let me do what I'm passionate about and I'll work a nine to five. I don't give a shit. Just let me be able mm-hmm. to support my life with that nine to five and then have the time and freedom to just fucking whatever I want, whenever I want. And that's how I've approached everything up and up until working with you and still maintaining that same sort of ethos. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, anyway, long winded answer again. I'm not sure if no, I have an answer to the question. No, it's really, um, no, it's, it's, it is an interesting, it is very um, perspective, perspective, very individual. This is why it's going to wildly yeah. vary, man. Like this is a hot topic because it's just going to be so different from person to person, experience to experience, personal philosophies, like everything's got to come into play to make, to make decisions about stuff like this. Like, what about hmm. you? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of come back to the notion of real. And I, I think, 
you know, we're, we're, I think we're already living in a, a time where, um, I don't know, I, 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 I think people attribute it to excessive social media mm-hmm. um, prominence, but we, we're in that era of opinion rivaling fact. Mm-hmm. And that in of itself, I find horrifying. Um, and I think that notion of reality and like I said, the, that scenario of being in the chat room mm. and a message board with 50 people that you, I, I don't know what, what hits more if you don't know, if you think they're real or if you don't know they're real, you know, um, but just that notion of mm. just, it's like, it's all designed no, excuse me, not designed to, but it, it all results in things just being more solitary, you know, whilst we can talk, you're in uh, Australia, I'm in London. So mm. while we can, technology affords us the opportunity to do stuff like that, it sometimes feels like we're headed towards a more solitary kind of existence at that same I time. Already, and yeah. I, I think everyone's well, mentally yes. since yeah. COVID and all that. Yeah. That's the main yeah. takeaway. That's we're already there. Yeah, but I suppose uh, uh, technology is almost facilitating that, and I don't mean to demonize it as that. I think that's a fair observation and not a, a, no, no. a critical that's one. On. That's spot on. But I, I think it's like also. I think I'm still trying to rationalize the concept of you know using that example of a new Marvin Gaye album that would come out that would be completely created, say, by AI. Yeah, and you just kind of think. I don't know what I feel about that. In a way, if you've taken the vert commas, the person out of it, I don't know what I'm left with. And I don't know, is this in essence, it's soulless. It it's that's the, it's an algorithm. It's, it's empty. It, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. It's, it wasn't, there's no story of a guy like uh, Jeff Buckley banging his head on his hotel room floor, trying to finish hallelujah. You know, there's no, there's no story of a guy sitting there for years trying to pen this song. And then the ultimate words come to him. It's just, it's algorithms and it's, um, uh, it's pieced together from, Oh, this bit, this song is popular. This song is popular. Let's just piece it together. There you go. And it's just, I find it, it's, it's equal parts scary and fascinating. Yeah. Um, but that's I essentially, guess I, yeah, I, I, essentially what I was trying to say. Yeah. That's where I am. Mm. That's pretty much where I'm at with the same, same point. Yeah. Like fascinated. It's, and um, like just kind of, yeah. Slightly horrified at the same time, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing. It's, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of wanting to have this conversation with you, uh, kind of about it. And I think Axe Assassin has given us that, um, that, awesome kind of segue and platform to kind of impetus have that. that's a nice word impetus that's gave a great the, word gave us the impetus i don't impetus i don't think i've jackson. ever used that in conversation myself impetus jackson oh wow there you go that's another a, character yeah. with harrow wing that's another <laughs> that's his associate or arch nemesis <laughs> no 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 we'll that's go with the, the villain <laughs> yeah another villain i got ahead of myself <laughs> um uh, yeah, okay, well, I, I think this has made a wonderful conclusion to our Axe Assassin uh, trilogy. Um, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and the AI kind of angle. Um, yeah, not not to be like cynical, but like with the mm. what's happening now with the um, with Hollywood essentially shutting down with uh, writer right. strikes, um, actor strikes, it does make people sort of within the context of everything we've been through, you know, acting. Uh, or that Hollywood system, it's not an essential 
service, nor is it an essential requirement to live or to live mm. happily, not just to survive in a hellscape, but being in a very um, modern world and being well off. I think we'd be okay if we lost it. No one's really going to, you know, opine it for too long. We've got a right. plethora of media that exists. We can, we're never going to watch even a quarter of it in our lifetime. Like there's already enough shit to consume. So I think this, everyone's kind of just shrugged. Anyone who's not in the industry, obviously, but like even me who have friends who are in these industries, I just fucking shrug, man. Cause I'm like, yo, go like, go work, go, go clean the sewer place. You know what I mean? Like go, mm-hmm. go do that. And I'll feel bad for you. But what you're doing is, uh, there's a term that um, some YouTube, YouTubers use for actors, which is a adult pretender. So your <laughs> your job is to pretend for a living. Um, that's your job. You're just, you're play acting. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you kind of did that shit as kids and here you are making a career out of it. It's amazing. And obviously we have a lot of shit tied to it, you know, emotional things um, to any kind of piece of art, but to look at it blankly, cynically, like I, I just, I, I feel like there's less care there. I'm not, I'm not really invested in any kind of narrative about rights for the writers and for the actors, man. It's like, come on, like just figure that shit out. Well, you got to make a big hoo-ha about it. You know what I mean? And it's exposed them for being kind of not really doing their jobs that great over the last kind of decade or so. There's been too many misses than hits uh, in terms of quality of writing and acting kind of going further and further down or probably highlighted by the less than stellar returns of all the MCU sort of phase five, phase four, phase five things, which I think is the next thing we're going to get into from where I think everything's going. I think think so. Yeah. Uh, There was a potential mutant uh, mayhem segue, uh, but yeah, a Guardians trilogy conversation might be fun too. I think uh, an MCU nutshell, man, because I think we can. Oh, yeah, like okay. I'm gonna expose myself to it, but only if you're up for like doing like a two hour. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Catch up on like 100%. a few of them. Yeah, we can talk about it. You got a lot of catching up to do, though. Depends, depends what you've seen. I think you've seen most of it. You said you still. I've seen, I'm I'm up to date, and yeah. I've I've yes, I'm still. Moon Knight. Uh, you said you didn't get through that last time we spoke no no i no no i i i don't think i i didn't really enjoy it but i i did watch it i've i i think as of last week i've seen everything so uh like i finished secret invasion uh last week i've seen Um, everything yeah how did you um what do you think of i guess well we don't have to talk about that now that's fine i won't pick your brain about that Um, uh yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I thought, I, I thought it, well, <laughs> I thought it was fine. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that, mm. I, I didn't. I, I think. Well, I'll, 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 my only point will be about it as I, I am still loyal and I'm still keen <laughs> to watch. Like, no, in terms of they've not lost me yet, but I do yeah. appreciate there has been a significant dip in quality, and I'm, I'm still rocking with it. They've, mm. they've just built up so much credit for me with phases one to three uh that i'm still you know keen i'm, I'm sure we'll they'll you know i thought Guardians three was aces i thought it was great yeah. um and they're, they're, i'm sure we'll still get 
absolute gems and treasures. Yeah, in, that's in Guardians as a holdover from like the previous phases. So it's yeah, kind yeah. of not part of that same batch. But that's yeah, an interesting no, that's, thing, that's though. Uh, Secret Invasion with the AI-generated um, oh, opening yeah. credits got a bit of flack for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was like a bit of a negative reaction. They are like, ah, oh, you lazy motherfuckers. You couldn't have come up with your own. <laughs> and it looked weird, too. I guess it was a bit strange looking. And then it was like, why does it look so weird? And then people found out, um, like one of the producers or directors like said in an interview, it was AI-generated opening credits you didn't know that opening credit sequence no i didn't no no fully ai generated yeah wow yep all they had to do was just type it into i don't know (laughs) that's what the internet was asking why this thing cost like 200 something million dollars for six episodes why we could have done that for free online generate Mm. me this funny looking reptilian looking mcu nick fury you know, just chucking the keywords and it does mm. it for you. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's interesting. I know. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Axe Assassin, we salute you. Yes. Uh, BLR, we salute you. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I salute you, V, for everything you put into this this trio of of episodes. It's been mm. it's, it's been a an, an experience i think is has been the my takeaway line from it uh, it's just been wonderful how are you and, uh, saluting yeah me, i appreciate though, your time with, what are you saluting me with well uh, as 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 an english gentleman i have my <laughs> i am doffing a, 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 a cap that i'm not wearing is that just a euphemism so, for you like you have a, you have a no 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 it's <laughs> you know you're like at attention you're saluting me no i salute you sir it I wouldn't I anyway I uh, there's so many comments to make from um no surviving <laughs> and I'm not I'm, <laughs> yeah because I was like wow imagine if I could do that on command like you know hey I'm like I want to show my appreciation doom boing. and uh I am I'm there but I salute you, sir. Or you're knighting someone. What if you had to knight? What if we lived in a like a Rick and Morty alt- alternate universe where you knight someone, like with with your stiff dick <laughs> instead well, of a sword? I is now knight you, Sir Robert of Loxley. It's like <laughs> just slapped your your junk on either shoulder to knight this person. It's, it's all normal, you know. It's well, yeah. It's I I, I feel like I'm I'm being given. Um, certain um, credit in that area, uh, but I would need to stand on very, the very close. <laughs> no, <laughs> but for, for the the distance involved in, <laughs> dear lord. Hey, we'll you said all, all of that, and I... <laughs> no, wait a minute. What just happened? You said it all, and then I got tagged Meet on with the it. shoulder, freaky. He doesn't want his meat on off the bone. He wants it on the bone. Oh, the God. shoulder bone. <laughs> All of this is cut. Absolutely cut. Horrifically cut. <laughs> <laughs> this this final sixty seconds has been AI generated. Has been an AI generated exchange. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna AI generate the surviving uh, in Ram script. The first episode. Oh no! Yeah, see what it comes out. Oh, it was inevitable, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it's going to turn into its own Netflix series, so you might as well just get the AI to do the work. 
He <laughs> came from humble um. beginnings. <laughs> the son of a Greek fruiterer. <laughs> who discovered pleasure and pain. <laughs> pleasure for him. Pain for... Anyway. And that's where it ends. Um, you don't need a fucking AI. Just, yeah. just wind me up and watch me go, dude. Yeah. Faster than AI. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the sounds of MC Supple and DJ Lean. Broadcasting live from the Slag Heap. We about to get our geek on and sing a funky little song. Check it. Hey yo, I'm Supple, he's lean, and we're on the scene We be geeking out over all the things that be moving us Like a show or a film with a lick of bud We get into the zone I'm on the microphone, never leaving my rare thoughts alone Cause in the age of info, I'm the nympho Talking it out through a black window Casting my part of seeds into the ether With a supple hand and a fistful of beans Don't forget me, the MC lean Fuck around, I pull out your spleen Sometimes we're cool, other times we're mean But baby, either way, we'll break down your scene We're fiending, like a celebrity drug binge I'm weaning off of all of this crapness We got the hats on the latest tracks And the fattest books and the coolest flicks So much art, it'll make you scream Go on, listen to our theme Rolling deep in the slag heap And we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about uh, To wax about Ain't got time to sleep But on the cheap We'll keep a street Cause we know what we're talking about It ain't for cloud Cause we're geeking Geeking on the floor tonight you know it's right Just keep geeking Speaking on the matters of the heart Alright yeah. Keep it tight Just stay geeking Geeking on the floor tonight yeah. You know it's right Just keep geeking Speaking on matters of the heart Alright Creative arts, they can bruise the softest hearts with the mind of ooze. Need a solid state mind rhyme. There's a fine line between art and poop. Everybody wants to go so far without ever realizing who they are on the inside. That's where you'll find the purest hearts and the strongest minds. Like supple and lean with the geek and team that reigns supreme. You better turn on your high beams, cause you won't see us coming in the thick of the night. We be geeking out and then we wanna fight. Sometimes, but we see ain't all that jazz Arts in decline Chasing those fads Breaking in dollars But who's gonna holler When you move with tanks Cause you ain't got no damn scholars We find it best to address All our quibbles and qualms With the feel good vibes of the song But for the rest of it Keep your dubs lit Cause your favorite shit We're reviewing it Rolling deep in the slag heat we're gonna find some cool shit To talk about uh, To wax about Got time to sleep, but on the cheap, we'll keep it straight, cause we know what we're talking about. It ain't for cloud, cause we're geeking, geeking on the floor tonight. You know it's right, just keep geeking, 
just keep geeking, speaking on the matters of the heart. Alright, yeah, give it time. Just stay geeking, geeking on the floor tonight. Yeah, you know it's right. Just keep geeking, speaking on matters of the heart. Alright, keep it tight. 